0: Album compilation edition covering soundtracks, tribute albums, best ofs, box sets, and more. Get the feeling you've been cheated. Eric Ranimator here, back with another bonus edition of Love That Album compilation, exploration, and uh, rumination. This time around, I'm going to be talking about two things. The first is going to be Rip It Up and Start Again, a post punk compilation that goes along with a book, and the second being the Stage Dive into the Oldies compilation, which covers a lot of second wave. L.A. and San Francisco punk. Starting off with Rip It Up and Start Again, the compilation is actually a companion to the book of the same title by Simon Reynolds. I believe I bought this when I was in Sweden, and I think I got the compilation there as well. I'll be honest, I'm not the world's biggest post-punk fan. Now let me stop here and talk a little bit about post-punk. So in the U.K., after the initial wave of what we consider punk rock, meaning mainly the Sex Pistols you had a second wave that was referred to as post-punk. But that's actually not quite true, because really what happened is punk split into multiple factions, just as it did in the States. In the UK, you had oi and street punk, which was the more loud, fast, out-of-control, working-class kind of music. And then you had post-punk, which was definitely the more arty, more refined, and more skilled take on punk And in a lot of ways, what was happening was people that had been in the initial spat of punk bands had developed their musical chops, had developed their voices, had heard other musical influences and were starting to incorporate them into their sounds. They were realizing that their musical careers weren't going to simply be about banging on some instruments and screaming at the world. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I do appreciate that. But as time goes on, you want acts that are going to grow. You want people that are going to do something besides play their oldies at the casino for a handful of uh, their peers. You want to hear, or at least I want to hear, them talk about what's real to them at that moment. What they're going through, what they're seeing. And to use their skills and their chops to produce something that is, if not contemporary, at least in line with some kind of musical growth. So the book, Rip It Up and Start Again, which I did read, and I think it's okay. Uh, You know, as I said, this post-punk scene really isn't my cup of tea, but it's something that I definitely wanted to know about. It's worth looking at if you're a fan of the kind of of bands that fell into the post-punk scene. Let me stop here and say that there's actually a really good documentary on YouTube called Punk Britannica from the BBC. It's in three sections, and one of those sections does talk about the post-punk scene in the U.K., uh, basically What I got from the book Was the idea that a lot of the music That was part of the post-punk scene Developed into what we think of now As alternative music A lot of these bands and acts Became MTV darlings in the 80s They were part of the "quote unquote" College rock scene in the late 80s And as the 90s wore on They were incorporated into the Alternative scene Bands like the Associates cabaret voltaire the fall human league the raincoats Susie and the banshees all of these bands are spoken about in the book and covered in the compilation there are some american bands on this compilation the b-52s who we are listening to now and devo both contribute tracks let's go ahead and sample some of these tunes So Sample of Cabaret Voltaire, the Slits, the Ring Coats, and now this is actually the Human League. One of the things that I do notice about a lot of the bands covered on this compilation is that women play a role in them much more than they would in a lot of the uh, more loud, fast, out of control, traditional sounding punk stuff that came at the same time. There's also a lot more primitive musicianship that still has a kind of drive and a accessibility to those who are willing to listen. And I think there was also a certain degree of punk was supposed to be alienating, but once it started to fall into traditional pop songs writing structures and started becoming more accessible to the masses, that those who were making the music still wanted to push back and alienate. There's also no denying the crop rock influence that 1970s German reinventing music, or at least attempting to idea that bands like New and Can were messing around with, and I know that was a big influence on the scene. A lot of this music is also the starting point for goth, industrial, indie rock, indie folk, all kinds of music that has waxed and waned over the decades since this music was originally released. There's also the inclusion of some roots rock elements. You have the specials on here with their kind of punky take on uh, reggae and ska. Obviously, with the slits, you heard that same thing going on. Some of these acts, you're going to hear Blue-Eyed Soul, at least in the vocals. You're going to hear some folk rock and even a bit of disco. There's one big obvious act missing from this compilation, and that's P.I.L. Considering Johnny Lydon's history, I doubt that he was going to consent to having his uh, music lumped in on this compilation with everybody else that's okay because all of it's available and the point of this compilation i think is more to highlight uh various bands that were part of the scene and to put out there an accompaniment for the book so that you can listen and hear what the author is talking about and in that way it does what it should do it's also a good way to sample these bands and to see if the post-punk scene is something that you want to check out further all right i'm gonna take a little break here and then we'll come back and i'll talk about stage diving to the oldies
1: out of bed at 8am, out my head by half past ten, out with mates and dates and friends,
0: that's what I do at weekends, I can't talk and I can't walk. Scene never got the respect it deserved, in my opinion. Some of the greatest bands of that era hailed from the City of Angels. The Ramones have been canonized. The Stooges and the MC5 are better known than they ever were. New York Dolls, the Dead Boys, the Cramps, they all get their due. But aside from, let's say, Black Flag and the Minutemen, most of the punk bands that came out of Los Angeles don't really get the kind of credit that I've always thought they deserved. That's not to say their music isn't out there, and there's not not to say that there's not fans that have heard and, and embraced the music of that place and time, it's just that it's been far and few between. One of the things that happened during the punk boom of the 1990s was there was actually people going back and looking at what had come before, and there were a number of compilations that came out, Old School Punk's another good one. But stage diving to the oldies from 1995 is one of the best. No, you're not going to find Social Distortion or Black Flag on here. However, you will find great tracks by bands like TSOL, The Vandals, The Adolescents, Wasted Youth, and The Circle Jerks. The surf punk of Agent Orange right next to TSOL's experimental electronica phase. Not really electronica, more like, well, like this... There wasn't a lot of three-minute, sub-three-minute, poppy, angsty tunes sung by teenagers or people that were just out of their teenage years. Plenty of that was going on, sometimes to great effect, sometimes not to great effect. But so many great singles came out of this scene and this time. There are a number of great albums, too, but for a compilation, it's, it's about the singles, it's about the this track epitomizes this time or this band or these guys at their best and that's a lot of what is on this compilation so I mentioned Agent Orange great band had a couple great albums TSOL same thing when you start mentioning bands like The Middle Class or Shattered Faith or Wasted Youth those bands really they had a couple great songs and that was really it maybe they'd never were able to record maybe they couldn't keep going but for that moment they were on fire and they they held the the raw blasting power and anger and boredom and everything else right there for those three minutes or whatever it was they were on my finger on two things about the la punk scene that it excelled at the others other scenes i mean did not i would say one is the inclusion of mexican americans and latinos it may well have been the most integrated punk scene in the country at the time the other would be the flyers the show posters i don't think anybody's ever held a candle to what they were doing in that area Part of it is they had a lot of great graphic designers and artists that were attached to labels and were just doing mind-blowingly creative flyers for shows, many of which you can find online. Now, in the L.A. scene, there was also a crossover with things that were going on in San Diego and also in San Francisco. Additionally, with L.A., you had not just the city of L.A., but also Orange County and the surrounding I guess what they refer to now as Southland, had a lot of bored, sometimes wealthy, sometimes not so wealthy, middle-class and upper-class kids looking for something to do. You know, this is La La Land. This is the 1970s. This is is the second wave of suburbia. This was supposed to be great, but there were so many dark things going on, and a lot of the music reflected that, reflected it lyrically, and not only with anger, but oftentimes with a lot of humor. A lot of dark humor, but a lot of humor. This was also a scene that was actively persecuted by the police. The Los Angeles Police Department notoriously went after punk rockers. Now, I'm not going to say punk rockers were popular anywhere else in the country and that they didn't come under the scrutiny of local law enforcement. But there was this extra push in L.A. as if punk was this, this social evil that needed to be stamped out. Also, with Hollywood there, you had this weird thing with NBC television where punk rock was public enemy number one. They had a number of television programs where punk rock was implicated in criminal activity, including Quincy, M.D., which was about a medical examiner. And there's the infamous punk episode of Chips in, in which disco is shown to be the music the kids should be listening to and getting down to while punk is shown as this evil, awful thing. This is also the scene that gives us Penalty Spheres films Suburbia and Decline of the Western Civilization. Several of the bands on this compilation are featured in one or both of those. Repo Man was also largely born out of this scene. As with any compilation that covers a time and a place, there's always going to be some bands missing. But what we're left with on stage diving to the oldies is a solid set of classic punk tunes some well known, some not so well known but well worth checking out so I'm going to wrap this up uh, if you guys have comments, thoughts, questions, anything we're over there on the Facebook page for Love That Album so come by and tell me what you think tell Morris what you think uh, if you've got compilations that you want to bring to my attention you want to ask about feedback is always appreciated not sure when this episode's going to go up, but hopefully it will be between regular episodes of Love That Album. So check that out. Also, make sure you're checking out the See Here podcast and the List Music podcast. And hopefully in the not-too-distant future, we'll all be able to add the Feed My Ears podcast to our rotation of regular listens. Sarah, Eric Reanimator. Thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you all later. Out of
1: I just never know